0: For the first time in 15 years, Chicani truly are back. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. <music> Hello, gang. Welcome to episode 408 of Motorsport 101. And ladies, gentlemen, friends outside the binary, they did it. Ducati are the world champions of MotoGP again you never thought you might see this day again
1: it's but it a has, damn time
0: it has happened, it is here it has finally arrived Francesco Bagnaia is your 2022 MotoGP world champion and we'll talk about how he got there over the next 40 minutes or so because this is our final MotoGP race review of 2022 sigh so But uh, we had a Valencia Grand Prix to get through first, the traditional MotoGP season finale. Uh, No pandemics here. We're back at Valencia to close things off. And uh, yeah, the first MotoGP title decider in half a decade, even though it didn't really feel like a decider, but God damn it, Dawna tried. (laughs)
1: Bless their (laughs) hearts.
0: They just blessed their hearts. They really did try. It was a 23-point gap going into this final round of only 25 available. So you can already do tell by the math it needed a miracle swing for Fabio to win this title. And God bless them, they tried. Everybody else in this weekend might as well not have bothered showing up. Like, they were hardly ever on camera. It was either our handsome himbo from France or a drunk driver from Italy. Um, pretty much all the way through. But we'll get into that. Uh but first what a,
1: what a what a championship pair, huh?
0: How did we get to this point? First and foremost, the slightly ill but always intelligent as ever, Cam Buckley. Hello, sir.
1: Slightly. <laughs> slightly. The only people feeling more sick than me right now are the HRC engineers back in Japan. <laughs> Yes, he really is that poorly.
0: Um, like, right. in fact, Cam might pass out at any moment during this recording. Um, <laughs> oh, we we
1: are we are currently recording this uh, a bit late because <laughs> I put my head down, thinking, having in a in, in a sick stupor, misread the time we were going to record
0: <laughs> by three and a half hours. <laughs> look oh, um Cameron.
1: we all we all make mistakes some are bigger <laughs> than others mine happened to be huge
0: <laughs> it's like you'll stand in front of chernobyl saying that eh, was kind of a big mistake <laughs> not
1: great not terrible
0: <laughs> yeah it happens you know it happens also we have rj o'connell with us hey man hmm.
2: So this is the red wave that everybody was blowing a bunch of hot air about. This is the one that actually <laughs> delivered on all the empty promises that it made. Ah, uh,
0: I, I I see what you did there. <laughs> that's that's clever. <laughs> yes,
2: this wasn't a- the funniest thing. Is uh, hmm. is uh, we're, we're recording this on the 9th of eleventh, which is the day after United States midterm elections. Um, noted former baseball player and all around sleazy guy, Len Dykstra is out here trying to hit up now disposed Co- Colorado politician Lauren Boebert.
1: Uh, you know, y- y- you know, I-, I just have to look upon these. Uh, I have to look upon these fools and just say, rest in piss, bozo. Uh, we're,
0: <laughs> s- we're smoking that that rep- Republican
2: pack. Um, it's like, dude, could you? Now, I hate to get all political on this podcast, but could you? Imagine, oh no, never oh, happens, the, you imagine how badly they RJ. would be losing if the Democrats were actually trying, and if these if these elections were gerrymandered to hell?
1: Mm. Oh, just 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 think, both of them last won a championship in two thousand seven. Yet Ducati are the ones who won the championship before Ferrari.
2: Oh <laughs> uh also on an unrelated note uh binance is pulling out of a merger with FTX because crypto prices keep crashing maybe that's the real wet red wave is all the red on the balances of these crypto balances but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about certainly the MotoGP season finale of all time
0: Yes, this this was a thing. Like on a side note, there, I love that Alpine tried to Alpine's crypto sponsor tried to buy out Mercedes' crypto sponsor. In a fascinating look as to how that would be if that happened in real life, that would be hilarious. But uh, yeah, we'll be talking a bit about MotoGP season finale in Valencia. We'll be talking about our new world champion, the startling differences in approach to this final weekend, Ducati and their place in the sport right now and a little bit of some of our favorite moments of this season as well. Don't worry, there will be a season review of the entire 2022 MotoGP season next week, alongside Formula One's Brazilian Grand Prix. You know, I'm sure we're all gassed up for another sprint weekend, aren't we, chaps?
2: Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Don't all rush am I'm strategically picking now to pass out. (laughs)
0: Yep, yep, yep. See you in half an hour. I'll get the places you can find us going while uh, we resuscitate Cam via smelling salts. Um, You can find us on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles are at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, and at CBuckley917. We are on Instagram at motorsport101pod, and you can find all of our details on our website motorsport101.com, which By the time you're listening to this, part one of my... I I call it my extended notes on the 2022 season. I take notes after every Grand Prix I race and I put them all together and I mash them into something resembling a written season review every year. The first part is up right now. By the time we get to the season review itself, we'll probably have all three up by then. It's a special... It's over 3,000 words um, on Honda, Suzuki and KTM so far. Um, So if you want... Uh, so, uh, if you want my thoughts in a, in, a, in a little bit greater detail and in long form, check that out already. And if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Five bucks gets you early access to all of our shows live before they go out to the public. Ten bucks gets you supporters um, club access to our Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they're being recorded. So, Without further ado, let's break down the season finale, the decider, the 2022 Grand Prix of Valencia.
2: So it all came down to Valencia. For MotoGP's first final round decider since 2017, sure. Fabio Quartararo tried everything he could in qualifying, but he could only manage to finish fourth, which he would keep through the race despite some desperate lunges against the Ducatis. Francesco Bagnaia had a very tentative weekend, struggling with his front. He could only qualify in eighth after making a mistake on his final qualifying lap. He then had a part of his bike's aero break off early on, but he was able to safely limp his Desmo DC GP22 home in ninth place to clinch. The MotoGP World Championship and become the first Italian MotoGP World Champion since Valentino Rossi in 2009. Wonder what happened to him. The first mm. Ducati World Champion since Casey Stoner in 2007. The first Italian World Champion on an Italian bike since Giacomo Agostini in 1972. Twenty-one plus forty-two really does equal sixty-three, and. and of course, we got we got plenty of like weird ch- championship celebrations. Like
1: this this one was relatively tame given yeah, recent w- times.
2: Yeah, it was just
0: like the the previous numbers, his old bikes, and then the gold helmet, which has become like synonymous with MotoGP and World Superbike Championship winners. It's like everybody now. Ha- I think it was Martin Marquez that started this trend of having gold champion helmets, and now everybody's copied him. Like I think he was first. That and I... that,
1: that gold, uh, that gold um, video game pixelated one is still my favorite.
0: Oh, like level I st- seven I, I, one. I think I have the baby version down here in front of me, in front of my desk. was like I, I bought a. Joey, uh...
1: make that. I'll buy a real one. Yeah, like, I know how much they cost. I don't care.
0: Yeah, like seriously, they are so cool. Like, like they...
2: fellas, uh, what was it? give us some thoughts on our brand new world champion and also kind of talk us through both the uh, quarter and bagnai's approaches with the final weekend, because let's be real with a 20 point 23 point gap of 25 points available. There was definitely going to be hmm. a difference in how these two approach the weekend. For one, it was just a matter of, I think, don't fall off the bike for the other. It's just like, I have to win at all costs.
1: Pretty much. I mean, even if Peko had fallen off the bike, it was not going to matter because the Yamaha just isn't fast enough at this point. And, and bless mm. his heart, Fabio tried everything he could.
0: He left everything on the table. Um, if you could say one thing about Fabio's weekend at Valencia, God loves a trier. And he gave it everything he had you could see him in qualifying the front end of that bike was bouncing everywhere he was over the limit trying to squeeze every thousandth he could he was far more aggressive in the early stages of the race than he normally is because he had to be he had to really because he didn't get a great start he dropped a couple of spots down to fifth or sixth he was dogfighting both factory Ducati's Banyaya and Miller in the early going he actually whacked off um, Banyaya's um, right side aero um, aero wing winglet on the right hand side of his bike because he almost lost the rear um, trying to defend from Banyaya overtaking him when Miller gave him a block pass. Um, so yeah, like, and of course that actually quite badly hampered Banyaya's race because it just overcooked his tires and he had to basically nurse the sucker home, but. Fabio tried, but even when he was in open air, he was maybe a tenth or so quicker than the other guys around him. And so that's he just... was
1: the fastest, but just not by enough, and certainly not mm. enough to affect any kind of pass, because, I mean, bikes don't pass here well in a good year, Yeah, when bikes can pass. This this runaround, there really was not a lot of action, unless you are, um, I don't know, some dude on a KTM, yeah, Lord Binder, who Lord for... fucking Binder. <laughs> he just he just has a knack for doing this, doesn't he?
2: We yeah. keep asking him to pass some freaking fracking bikes, and today and this weekend he did the thing. Yeah, somewhere
1: Ryan Eric King was punching air. Yep, yeah. I literally tweeted on our M one hundred and one podcast
0: account like, pass some fucking bikes, Brad, Ryan Gary King, probably. Um, was the response I gave him. Um, yeah, look, Binder, he's done it again. His, the third time he's finished second place this season. He did uh, he did it at the opening round in Qatar, and he did it at the final round in Valencia. Art and symmetry simulates life. Um, he took half a second out of Alex Rins on the final. By the way, Alex Rins won this race. I, I just thought I'd point this out. That <laughs> in Suzuki's final race As Alex would win from flaming to flag.
1: <laughs> one flaming middle finger f u to the bosses back in Japan of just what they're throwing away uh, Two Rins, wins yeah. in the final three rounds
2: yeah i don't so- i don't think Suzuki um are unjustified in their reasons why they felt like they had to the pull out but at the same time it's just like man they got to be kicking themselves now
0: right it's just <sighs> Two wins out of the final three, and I believe only Francesco Bagnaia scored more points than him in the final six races. Rins actually ended up finishing seventh in the championship with a Suzuki that was the fifth best bike in the field. Rins was insane to close out the season.
2: His reward is going to a satellite Honda.
0: Way to go, Alex. (laughs) uh,
1: By the way, I mean, we had testing the last two days as well, and... uh, Word from the paddock about the new Honda is uh, not positive.
0: Yeah, I believe Mark Marquez said the term was, on this bike, we are not winning the world championship.
1: Good sign. Word out of the paddock is that uh, Alex Rins got off of that bike and had a thousand yard stare. (laughs) The Fernando
2: Alonso one. If If you know, you know.
0: If you know, you know. Look, talking about we got to talk a little bit about about Ben Obviously, I mean this this was not his weekend by any stretch of the imagination. He even before the Aero incident with Fabio, he was struggling pretty much all weekend. He he was not confident with the front of his bike at all. He was very tentative. He his qualifying session, he put a banker in in eighth, but then went off. I believe at turn eight on his uh, final. Both of them did. Yeah, both both Fabio
1: and uh, Ben Yaya both kind of blew their final laps.
0: Yeah. And so Fabio to start eighth, you know, that's pretty much exactly where you don't want to start a MotoGP race, given how hectic the early laps can get. Being smack dab in the middle of the field is never ideal. Um, And like I said, as the aero came off his bike, he had to pretty much nurse it home, but he didn't fall off. And that's the important thing. And, look, looking at Banyaya's season overall, seven wins. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's an erratic sort of year because we, we talked about this in the pre-show, Cam. Like, 265 points to win a title in, a, in the biggest MotoGP season ever at 20 races. That's a low number.
1: Everyone left. A, uh, everyone had sections of this year that were really poor. This is like
2: an old-fashioned rock fight. Everybody's just dragging each other down into the muck with them.
1: It's 2014 LMP1. It's just whoever whoever's car broke the least. Um, but yeah, P- Peko left a lot of points on the table with mistakes, with Ducati really trying to find their feet with this hybrid GP21 slash twenty-two. Uh Fabio. His bike wasn't fast enough, but he also made mistakes overriding it. Mm-hmm. Let's rip this bandage off. Aprilia just fizzled out hard to end the season. A double engine DNF in this race. Cost them position in the championship. KTM, for all the shit we give them, finished second in the team's title this year. <laughs>
0: KTM, second. The, and you know, because not only was Brad Binder second, Miguel Oliveira backed him up in fifth, and that's thirty-one points, and that was enough. It's the no a no
1: score from Aprilia.
0: Yeah, thanks to the no score from Aprilia, they lep them and Pramac to end up finishing second in the team's championship on the final race. And yeah, the manufacturers was real close as well. Second to fourth was covered by just sixteen points. Uh, KTM was at the back of that train, but uh, Yamaha and Aprilia. We're, we're we're fighting it out,
2: but uh, yeah, it's it was
1: clearly yeah, lost position in all three championships. Just right to the death. Tell it, us
2: what you told tell everyone on your blog, which will be out by the time you put Tell us what you told the world about Aprilia on this podcast.
0: Um, the so yeah, this will be in part two. It there's a good chance of it being out by the time you read this, but if not, I'll say I'll say I'll give you a sneak preview to what I said in that post. Aprilia will be gutted. They blew second. They blew second as a manufacturer and second as a team. (laughs) Read that sentence again. Aprilia will be gutted. They didn't finish second in both championships.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this year they went from let's not argue the probably the laughing stocks of MotoGP. The the consistent also runs the. You can only do so much to polish a turd. The famous quote about their bike from a few years ago, too. They left a lot of points on the table. They legitimately could have taken the Riders Championship. And second in the other two, they had just cleaned themselves up a bit, both Alish and the team. Mm, mm, mm.
0: It's, it's, yeah, both the prettiest failed to make the flag. Maverick was a little bit later. He was running last when he had to park it, and Alish was... uh early on had to part the bike. A miserable end to an otherwise outstanding season from the boys from Italy. Look, in the grand scheme of things, it's still an incredible year, but they're going to be gutted that they left some shit on the table that could have ha- turned an outstanding season into an absolutely remarkable, ridiculous season.
1: Well, um, well, look, if you're Aprilia right now, you know what you do? Mm. You build on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You, 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 you got take something. this
1: year, you go, you take the lessons you learn, you go and we'll you run it back again. Well, I guess we can talk about uh, an, a miserable end to a miserable season. Mm. Who was that before? Um, the HRC in their 40th anniversary year. <sighs> Martin Marquez crashed from fifth. Um, I say, in- how the fuck did he qualify second?
0: I, <laughs> and two-tenths off pole against Jorge Martin, who no one had more poles than him this season. He had five <laughs> on the year. Only Ban matched him with five.
1: How um, on earth? Um, yeah, Mark Marquez is still capital H him, and yet, I think very well put in the broadcast, he's ready to start winning again. Honda? <laughs> oh, God. Um, Polo Spargrohe crashed. Yeah, I don't again. think he's ever been so happy to finish a race early. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Marquez Adam. crashed. I don't think yep. he's ever been so happy to finish a race early.
0: Do you have you seen how happy Alex Marquez is with his new Grossini Giacatti. He's like a he's like a kid at Christmas. He's just ripped the package of it. He's got a brand new Power Rangers Megazord. He's so happy right now. He, he's just, got back- a,
1: he just got the Nintendo sixty four with the atomic purple controller. Oh, oh
0: if baby. No, you know. You know. You're gonna have to peel him off the ceiling after that. I mean, just like, like it's—he was so fucking happy, like he wouldn't so, believe it. Uh,
1: Paul Espargaro was fist bumping and and joking around with anyone he could find, getting on a KTM. <laughs> you need back to on know a
2: KTM
1: to get back, back on a KTM. On a KTM.
0: <laughs> the gas, gas, as we should say technically, because that's the rebranded Tech free team.
1: It's a sticker.
0: It's a sticker. Call it what it's it a is.
1: Sticker on a KTM. Yeah. But, I, mean, I mean that that kind of says all you need to know about Honda, but you know. <sighs> Honda bottom God, of stink. the bottom
0: of the manufacturers championship won 155 points. Probably their worst season in 40 years.
1: Oh yeah. This is this is the worst season that they've had since they stubbornly refused to go two stroke and instead tried to build an oval piston V4.
0: Then that was what, 82?
1: Uh, 79 to 82. Now this isn't as bad as that because that it was back then it was just a joy to get the bikes to the flag, mm. but man, Mark, I, I I described it. I described how that bike turns in qualifying. Is it's <laughs> like it turns in installments. <laughs> it's uh. Let's see. It's it's not especially great in a straight line. It. <laughs> has major problems breaking in a straight line. It's not mm-hmm. good at corner entry, corner apex, or corner exit. It's not reliable, and it's hard to ride. Other than that, it's perfect.
0: Yeah. Good luck, young <laughs> <and me.
1: laughs> yeah, uh, Mir. Yeah, Mir and Rin's uh I think it says all it needs to uh, all needs to be said when Honda said oh you'll get a statement uh you'll you'll get a statement from Mir and Rin's it is now. Uh, it's been over 24 hours since the end of testing, and there's been no statement.
0: <laughs> oh boy, it's going to be a long winter of discontent in the HRC camp. Again, um, more you of they
2: need to get this right by the Sepang test.
0: Yeah, have we, have we forgotten that Mark Marquez is under contract at the end of next season?
2: Oh my god! Yeah,
1: and Mark he's, Marquez he's is now, in his Mike he's Trout era. bashing the bike.
2: He's That's in Rio. his Mike Trout era.
0: Oh yeah. Turns 30 turns 30 February and he's he's got one year left on his current deal. Hmm.
2: He is
1: not and asking he's now for openly, okay He's openly he's openly criticizing the bike. If anything this year they should probably give him a pay increase cuz he <laughs> he qualified second on that.
0: It's,
2: Actually, it's- we're going to be doubling the races so I deserve double the pay.
0: Give me 50 million a year. Fuck it. Give me that Shoei Itani money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean this next this next 12 months could define Honda's direction for a very very long time indeed.
0: Yeah, they ain't I mean, again, this is a little season preview but we don't mind. Like, this like they now have not got no excuse for rider depth and quality. Like you could maybe argue that was an excuse of the last couple of years. You have now three got of the th- sex
1: by best motorcycle riders yeah. on earth.
0: You've got two of the last four world champions and Alex Rins, who has been a title contender in previous seasons. <laughs> like Alex Rins has got top three championship finishes in in his history with Suzuki. He's a damn good bike rider. Like just, you know, multiple race winner. You've got three outstanding riders in your camp. You have no longer got an excuse. You you, need you to have your a best,
1: winner. you have your best rider lineup since you rocked up with Andrea Dovizioso as your weak link alongside Casey Stoner and Danny Pedrosa.
0: Yeah, in an era which Honda sucked in until right at the end of the prototype era, you know, like holy shit. They they, they, need they to would get kill to be, they
1: would kill to suck that bad. Now this is so much worse. Mm.
0: So so on the other end of the scale, let's, let's talk, talk little... about Ducati.
1: Yeah,
2: let's talk Ducati. First triple crown since 2007. Mm. They win the riders' title. They win the teams' title. They win a the constructors' title. Eight out of their 22 bikes. Eight out of the 22 bikes net season. And the factory takes up half the top 10 spots in the championship. So, Dre, I think I know where where my, this may be going. Did they control this sport?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Short answer. <laughs>
0: I Overwhelmingly mean, so. I Like, t- to give Ducati some credit, and I will give them a lot of credit here, like, when Luigi Delinia took over as technical director of this team back in 2013, it's taken them a while. It's taken them nine years to get to this point but they have done everything right to get to that point. Because I I think Cam has been a fan long enough to know what I'm talking about here. Do you remember how shit the GP13 and 14
2: was back then? Oh, I, buddy, I remember. That was some of the sack.
1: They were so bad. Valentino Rossi came over and it was i was i'm going to do the exact same thing i did at yamaha i'm going to turn these ruffians into some world champions and he gave up after 2 years dude
2: couldn't do it they were so, they were so bad nicky hayden got rest his soul was was having to work to stay ahead of the crt bikes yeah they, they were, were yeah they were ah. so
1: bad that they you could buy a motorcycle that could give ducati the works
0: yeah, it was, it was rough back then. And it was the GP15. That was the bike that ch- was the foundation for Ducati to change their fortunes. The 15 was a game changer. It was small. It was nimble. It kept that explosive power that the Desmond Deshi Valver, yeah, the de-
1: uh, de- Watching that bike mm. in combat, and it was combat, oh, and yeah. Phillip Island 2015, you're like, okay, they've got something here.
0: Oh yeah, and it took like,
1: it took quite a while because the running joke about Ducati on this podcast, at least for seven years, is okay. We need to make the bike turn, so we're gonna add twenty horsepower.
2: Dude, remember at the start <laughs> of the season where they made like this the the friggin' weird Ducati hybrid, and it's well, that's just ter- it is ter- terrible out of the box, and we're thinking, oh my god, they completely screwed this up.
1: Well, hmm. That's just it. They were bragging preseason about the extra horsepower. They went out. And Paco didn't like it. And by all accounts, the, the people on the ground decided, okay, last year's engine was more rideable. The rest of the bike is still good enough. Let's just use last year's engine. Uh, Premac used this year's engine to get a whole bunch of poles and nothing else the factory ducati's used a hybrid engine to uh win all three championships. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean now mm. and the thing about the ducati as well is that it's it's the great combination of it's let's not call it easy to ride because it's not like the suzuki uh where it's a very benign motorcycle. Mm. But you can get up to its performance limits very quickly. And it has a lot of lap time potential, mm. and that and, and that is just that's the key. I want to
0: say twelve wins on the year for Ducati out of twenty. Banyaya had seven, Bastianini had four, Miller won in Japan. So I want to say twelve wins on the year for Ducati yeah. as a manufacturer, and like. Their riders had all five of their like five riders of the eight they had were in the top nine of the championship. Bez won rookie of the year with more points than all the other rookies combined. Luca Marini had a big improvement this season as a rider, up to one hundred and twenty points, um, in there with people like Marquez, Vinales, ahead of Joan Mir, like. The floor is now good. The ceiling is we can now win a championship with multiple riders. Um, the, the, the
1: ceiling is now that they can lock out podiums on a good weekend.
0: Yeah, that is good. Like the myth of Yamaha tracks are gone. Ducati can well, win that's anywhere just it as
1: well. The only the bike turns. The only real flaw with the Ducati now, honestly, is that uh, dust off the classic line. It's always a little bit front tire critical. Mm. But they have enough riders who are good at managing their tires, especially with Bastianini and Bagnaia. which, God, what a factory lineup. Um, just raw talent in spades. They can kind of mitigate that. And then the rest of the bike is so good. Mm. Even if uh, on a given weekend, Fabio is faster. And Fabio was faster this weekend. Oh, yeah. He's not faster in qualifying. Because the Ducati on fresh tires is just stupid fast. And how are you going to pass it? Even if you get past them, you better run as far as your bike will take you until you get to that straight.
0: Right. And overall, to get to this point, I want something I wanted to make the point of as well. This was not a fluke from Ducati. Like, they have been building up towards this for years and years, because with Japan complacent and withdrawing and Suzuki now gone... Ducati have been the ones to push the technological needle in this sport forward for the last half decades. Look at the major ways that the bikes have gone faster in the last six, seven years. Ducati were the ones that created the standardized ECU package that everybody now uses. They started the aero revolution of attaching winglets to their bikes and the aerodynamic gains that came from
1: it. With that GP-15?
0: With the GP-15, that's where it started, and it developed, and now everybody copied them. They were the only people that were prepared to sell multiple versions of their bike down the field to help in- improve development. Like they, they, Okay, well, half of them were the previous year's bike, but it's still led them to gather more data and nurture a lot of their younger Italian riders that have
1: come through. Data matters. Of course. If if you're coming over from Formula One, look at where Honda was with McLaren. Mm. With the issues they had gathering data with one team. Just having two teams gathering them data for the last few years and look at where they've gone.
2: Yeah, look at, and- look at where Alpine is in terms of uh, p- and power unit reliability,
1: <laughs> and look at and, and look at in in this sport. Look at where the inline fours are. It's going to be very weird and next year. There's only going to be two inline fours on the entire grid, right? The Yamaha of Franco Morbidelli and the Yamaha of Fabio Quartararo, indeed. And and that data that la- and with tires, with chassis, with everything that matters.
0: Yeah, and let's not forget the shapeshifter devices. That was Ducati. They were the first ones Kinda to have the hold. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 done fundamental damage to the raceability of these machines, and we'll talk about that more in our have season it, review. We're
2: having ourselves say, I feel bad for our country, but this is tremendous content moment. Right,
0: but they created the shapeshifters front and rear that have enabled these bikes to reach record speeds, record lap times, and again, they've forced the field to copy their technology to try and stay with them. This Ducati world title, this triple crown they've had, has been coming for a long time, and they finally were able to develop a machine that they didn't have to compromise on rider quality with, and now they are the pinnacle of this sport, and this has been a long time coming, and I believe they They now control this sport.
1: They are at the point as far as technical innovation. I mean, and we, we thought it was coming the last two years because, I mean, in 2020, Marquez goes out for the year. Thought, okay, it's probably going to be between Fabio and Vincioso. That didn't mm.
2: pan out at all. No. Yeah, remember, the team did everything that they, it seemingly everything that they could to alienate Andrea and Vizioso on the way out. That's yeah. Right. And they were
1: atrocious in 2020. They, The factory team was barely capable of scoring points at times.
0: Right. It was, it was, they, they couldn't handle their rear tie spinning up everywhere.
1: Um, it's too much it's, sauce. And and then last year, it probably would have had a better shot at the title, but Peko, and I mean, Peko was still really damn raw this year. He left a lot of points on the table, very self-inflicted, mm. I but believe you, the speed, uh, yeah. mm. I, I was saying it, I was saying it at the start of 2020, I'm like. He's He's got the speed. He's got to get everything else.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. He's, st- he's the first, I believe, Premier... Like, he's the first MotoGP World Champion of this era to win with five DNFs to win the title.
1: Congratulations. You are the worst winner we've ever had.
0: <laughs> Which is amazing. But again, it goes to show you how bizarre this year has been from a competitive, beaten-up standpoint. As well, but Ducati are the needle movers in this sport now, and it's going to be up to Japan to counter and come up with a response because right now an an Italian team is the best team in the field, and I'd argue the Europeans are now running this sport because KTM and Aprilia aren't far behind. And Aprilia should have really been second this year. And uh, KTM,
1: KTM, <laughs> KTM uh, we've been here before with KTM, so I right. will pump the brakes on that. But a Aprilia, I'd mm. uh, say as far as the quality of the equipment that they're giving these riders mm. absolutely Ducati and Aprilia, I think have leapfrogged the grid. Right. Um, and given everything coming out of the, this week's test, it doesn't look like Japan has much of a response in the short term, either Honda or Yamaha.
2: Get right. it right by Sepang or there are, we're, we, we got to got. Marquez now.
1: decides if Marquez pre- breaks glass and leaves Honda. Ooh.
2: Where can he go? Wherever he wants. I, I was yeah. about to say, the, oh, that whole thing about how Lynn Jarvis won't sign him, Yamaha will, will clear a Lynn jarvis size space off of their factory team if it means they could sign Mark Marquez. You're probably right.
0: <laughs> because, like, imagine the the negotiating power Mark Marquez is going to have next year if, if it becomes the Mark Marquez sweepstakes. How big a check is on is Honda going to have to write him if he says I'm I thinking don't about? Think walking. There's
1: a big enough check they can write him. The best, the biggest check they can write him is a bike that doesn't suck. And there's no guarantees
0: on that one right now.
1: <laughs> I think it's a guarantee quite the other direction because, uh, man, when you you have three championship winning slash championship level riders all telling you, hey, your bike is atrocious. Mm. And all you've brought are lots of small changes. right? That haven't really fixed any of the problems with the bike. Mm. To say nothing of Fabio's day, where he basically said, yeah, this engine feels the same as it did last year. Yeah, and
0: they, so they, they took a step back from Masano. The last test, which is,
1: uh, ungood. You don't You don't think they juice that engine a little bit to convince him to resign, do you? Well, (laughs) surely not.
0: I I, I don't think Yamaha would do that. Oh, the
1: the team that was running illegal engines to start 2020 wouldn't do that.
0: You know, you make a good point. <laughs> you make a good point. Uh, that is that is something. I'll say that much for, for certain. Like I said, a lot more of this will be on our season review in, in next week, but also I wanted to give a, a sneak preview towards that as well by talking a little bit about the season at large. Gentlemen, what were some of your favorite moments to come out of MotoGP in 2022? I want to ride it back to the beginning.
2: I want to wind it back to Andrea Bastianini. In Qatar. Oh, yes. Grissini Racing's first top flight victory in 16 years. The first since the passing of founder Fa- Fausto Grissini. I mean, just w- what a scene. A- and as it turns out, yeah, as it turns out, it wasn't just a fluke. He could keep doing this. And A mm. could keep doing this on this package. And it rewarded him with a factory ride that many people have probably earmarked for someone like a Johan Zarco or a Jorge Martini just jumped a lot of them. Yeah, he really did. The first win in
0: Grand Prix motorcycle racing history from a female-owned team or a woman-owned team, I should say. Um, yeah. A, a, a historic, a, a literal, genuine historic moment in bike racing history. Um, and just the shock factor. We, we never gave back, we thought Bastini would be good. We didn't think Bastini was going to frigging win the opening round uh, at a cakewalk. Um, and then win four times this season. Uh, you know, established himself as a top three runner in the championship. Um, could very easily be up there in the betting for next year's championship um and Aya bastiani um wow probably the breakout star of, of MotoGP this year I would say um
1: oh, I relative to the field. won't hear any won't hear any arguments from me there yeah.
2: Nadia oh, yeah. padovani has uh done a very good job of <laughs> keeping keeping what her her widow her, her late husband and uh, built before mm, mm, absolutely cam-hmm
1: Mm. You know, I said it in preseason. <laughs> I said it on the season preview. I was mocked. I was laughed at. Aprilia dragging themselves up and finally getting that, that elusive first win. And in relatively dominant fashion.
0: The any man in his real and any real man in his wheelhouse was was Jorge Martin, who we all know, Martin, on a good day, is as fast as anyone in this sport.
1: The real uh, Mr. Saturday. Oh,
0: God. But uh, yeah, he he made Alec work for it, but he just didn't have an answer for him over the course of the race. And let's not forget, Alec Spargaro made his Grand Prix debut in 2004. He's the only man left in the field who rode an 800cc prototype. He debuted the same year of the Athens Olympics.
1: Like Good that, lord!
0: That's how far long ago Elasius Bagaray made his Grand Prix debut, and that was his two hundredth Grand Prix start.
2: And you never think of him as like a really old, ancient dude. No, he's
0: only no? like thirty three. I think you know he's not. He's not a super old rider. I mean, he's just been around for. I think he debuted at seventeen. He's only, he's only thirty three. He's not like massively old. He's just been around, and he really, he, we all know he cut his teeth as a CRT rider, the king of the CRT riders. He was the best of the bunch there by a country mile, but we always gave him a short rope because it just when he got a proper chance, he blew it against Maverick Vinales, and we all just thought, well, he's just cooked. But...
1: That sure swung back around this year.
0: Oh, God. He 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 he, he beat, he beat he Maverick Vinales. He
1: beat the brakes off of Maverick this year. By 90 points.
0: Yeah, destroyed him. Like, Maverick got obliterated this season. And yeah, like, Alasio wrote on his 200th Grand Prix start finally gets his first win. Um, An incredible moment. An incredible moment and a great story of perseverance and what story hard work. Story of betting is.
1: on yourself. I mean, the win mm. and then five po- four podiums in a row. Mm. And I mean, it really only derailed right at the end as far as oh, the yeah. actual championship fight, just because whether he was leaving... I mean, he left a bunch of points on the table with a uh, user error with the scoring pylon. But simultaneously, a year of... A, a year of tremendous improvement and what could have been.
0: Oh, God. It's it's a very polarizing season for Alicia Sparger. I mean, I wanted to talk... For my moment I wanted to talk about another Relius Sparger moment and that was his comeback at Assen. That mm. Assen was one of the better races of the year and I'll be real with you it's been a down year for this sport there's no doubt about that <clears throat> in my opinion but this was special. Like like early on Fabio Corraro goes for a hellacious dive bomb on a ledge he misses he hits he hits the side of his bike puts the in the gravel he's able to keep the bike going um, he drops down to 15th place. But then his pace is so strong and his passing is so perfect. He's able to climb all the way back up to sixth. And then on the final lap of the race, the final corner, he passes two bikes. I think it was Jack Miller and I want to say Brad Binder into the final chicane at Assen, passes the pair of them
1: to finish that was, that was like our consensus, Scotty, up until Ross Chastain just <laughs> broke the rules.
0: Yeah, and probably defied the laws of physics at that point. Yeah. Um. But, dear God Almighty, um, a Spagaro's comeback from fifteenth to fourth, and to finish only three seconds off the win, uh, a race that Banyaya had led from lights to flag, is remarkable, but openly admitted, no, if Alec was in the fight, he would have won this race, no question, is what he basically said, and yeah, that was, for me, the moment that showed that, no, Alish can compete for this championship, there is no doubt about it, he's not going away, and he went into that summer break just on another level. And hey, a pretty if Maverick finished third that day, so they actually had a pretty as best ever weekend in Moto GP that weekend, um, with a third and a fourth place <clears> finish. <throat>
2: That's not bad for a team that nobody wanted to ride for, not mm, all. That was not
1: bad again. for a team that Moto D Moto 2 prospects were refusing to jump up into the premier class for. As recently right. as two years ago. Another General, one as well. No.
0: Jerobo's setting that down. Yeah,
1: go on. Damn it, America. We <laughs> fumbled the bag. Mark Marquez missed eight races this year uh-huh. and finished 13th in the championship, beating the next Honda riders on their combined points. <laughs> points He's got a post- pole position on Ooh. this bus.
0: More points than Paul Despargaro and Alex Marquez combined.
1: Which how is just how the fuck? And let's not forget first half of the season, his arm was 34 degrees out of rotation. Yeah. It was he it was healed back together. <sighs> like the broken boat like the broken
2: stick that his arm was. Four front row starts. In the last six races since he came back. He's back. He's ready to win a championship.
1: Yeah, I mean, he went down, he went down in Sunday's race running fifth with uh unspecified technical problem, nagging him the whole way. Mm. Um, what was it? He had the third most points of anyone since he came back behind Rins and Banyaya.
0: It was actually a, it was actually sixth in the end. That that last Damn. crash and that last crash didn't help. It bumped a few guys above him, but uh he was as good as anyone on the way back. Almost certainly, I mean, a pole, a second place, regularly in the top six. Um, you know, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Mark Marquez, everything about Mark Marquez is spectacular. Just, just is
1: at this point. This dude got pole at Motegi in the rain.
0: Absolutely,
2: <sighs> not. still that dude. He's still Still. him. There was a lot of good out of this season for what was supposed to be such a crappy year for MotoGP. Mm.
0: And we'll break a lot more of that down next week in our MotoGP season review. Um, We'll go up and down the field. We'll look factory by factory. We'll talk a bit about the future um and some and uh, yeah like the way the sport is right now if you want to see a sneak preview of some of that and some of my notes towards that again check out the website at least two parts of that season review will be up on the website before the time we get the podcast out there as well also formula one brazil this weekend so that'll be on next week's show as well um sprint weekend potential rain Ugh. you know if it rains, it probably makes it even easier for Verstappen, to be honest. Actually, the stay last, dry.
2: The last chance, I feel, for Lewis Hamilton to get a win this season. If it's I not happening think, here.
1: I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, keep. I don't think so. This, this is, sh- is the probably, if we're looking at it, the last chance that anyone has to stop the win percentage record going down. Yeah.
0: If Max because did, that is under yeah. threat. If Max runs the table, he he takes the all-time win percentage record for the modern format, which is just crazy. I think it's Schumacher's 4 is he, is what he's trying Correct. to target here. I think it's something like seventy-two point seven percent or something crazy like that. If if Max wins sixty-nine out of twenty-two, uh, then uh whew, we are uh, yeah, we we're we're in for the most arguably the most dominant the game game of time. Yeah, like we are like he's at third place. He's ninety feet away and he's only got one out. He's got a good chance of making it home. Let's see what Verstappen can do. So that and our season review of MotoGP for 2022 will be out next week. But uh, until then, uh, basically you can find us one more time, youtube, facebook.com forward slash motorsport101, Instagram, motorsport101pod, our website, motorsport101.com, for all of our content on there as well. And if you like us, back us financially on Patreon, Patreon patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. I've been Andre Harrison. Also, thanks to, of course, our great co-host, RJ O'Connell and Cam Buckley. Until Brazil... I'm still alive. He's still alive. He hasn't passed out. God bless him. Until next time, sayonara. Later, (laughs) y'all.
1: Fix some fucking bikes, Honda.